a, a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another, another, another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich. And I'm your bear host, Josh Kerr. Today, we're sitting and kicking it with each other as pair. You know, when we have a couple of guests on, we, we, we don't like to make it all about them. We want to make it all about us. So we wanted to feel important and we wanted to feel like we could talk about what we want to talk about in our lives. So we just went, you know what? Who needs a guest when you've got the boys, you know? You know, Josh, I'm honestly... Super flattered that you say that. And you might honestly be my best friend. So moving on. April uh, Fool's, Josh, you're an <laughs> asshole. All right. So what are you saying? You know, I just feel like we have, we, you know, we've been working a lot behind the scenes. We're trying to, you know, improve the brand of Sit and Kick and, and, and try and extend it into what we feel is more of the, the image that we have in our head of this brand. And uh, it's time to kind of update everyone of, of what we've been doing and, and my hard work, really. Here he is. He uh, he likes to take a lot of credit here. But yeah, something to, to add to Josh's point before he gets into some things a little bit more. Um, we have been working a lot outside the podcasting realm, and, and that's where we started, but that's certainly not where we envisioned it ending. Um, we started this podcast as a means to an end, and our main objective is to do sports differently, do track differently, podcast differently, be different. You know, that's, that's something that we try to embrace. And so moving forward with our um, podcasting and, and the future of sit and kick we want to do exactly that um but i think there's an order of business josh that you want to settle first off yeah i think you know i alluded to it before we've definitely been working outside the podcast you know within podcast everyone knows you know, dave does the editing i do the writing you know i'm, I'm more the personal side you know because of my communicate I'm, I'm an interpersonal communication major and dave's more of a i don't know liberal arts kind of guy you know behind the scenes you know sometimes he wears all black just so he's so he can show that he's a behind the scenes guy you know helping with the props and things so you know I think that when you're in a company the best part about that is the employee of the month oh now, okay now if I'm being honest Dave you've done a lot to be fair to you you know you've been pushing things and phoning me 12 times a day and put my phone bill up. You've definitely been ch chattering and, and doing the doing the work. So I thought, why not start an employee of the month? Um, okay. You know, there's only two employees. Um, so I've got I've got our little sign here. And I, I don't want you to feel super great about it. Um, okay. that you know, we're we're kind of doing it, it doesn't show all that well, but I don't write backwards. Um, but I just thought, just to let you know that the employee of the month, for the first month we're doing this, is me. Where's my vote? Well, the thing is, so I, I was the only one that knew that we were doing it, and there was only one vote, and it was for myself. So I just thought, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's good to back myself up, and uh, I feel confident in the, in the work that I've done over the last couple of months. Okay, Josh, I'll give you the small victory. I'll, I'll allow you to self-entitle yourself as employee of the month. Thank you. Um, it but actually isn't to... for the first time. I've actually voted myself as employee of the month in a in a previous job. I didn't tell you about this. Um, when I was when I was working um, as a receptionist for my mom's clinic, okay. I used to be a receptionist on Friday evenings after school just to make a bit of pocket money. 
And um, I used to just answer phones and make appointments and stuff, you know, just communication guy. And so during that time, I was super bored. I was on only on for four hours. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd done my homework because, you know, I'd get that done quickly. And then I'd just watch races or do whatever. And uh, one time the, there was a printer behind me and I just thought it'd be quite funny to take the specials off the, off the receptionist desk and, 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 and replace it with a photo of myself and writing employee of the month on it. And then put it back up on the on the reception. So when people come in, they, they realize that they're working with you know the employee of the month, the guy that works super hard. And then my mom comes out and she's like, "You cannot have that up there. Like, what if the other receptionists see it?" Kind of thing. Got real angry at me because I've just voted because they might have thought that I actually hadn't voted for myself and done this all myself. But you know, I have a I have a track record of it, and uh, and I don't see it changing un until you know there's another vote here. All right. Well, now that I know. We're, we're adding in this um, title and expertise in for on a monthly basis. I'll make sure to keep my record. When am I supposed to get my vote casted? Um, so you can cast your vote near the end of the month, but it's kind of more of a tally in my mind. So like I'll tally your name, tally my name whenever we do something like good or important. Okay. Um, and, and I just have more tallies and I, I don't want to lie about it to be honest. So like you just, you got to be better. Um, okay. Okay. That's just the way it goes. So the negative sheet of notes that I have in my phone from the, the way that you handle some of the things on the podcast, do you want me to read those out to counter your tallies or do you want me to just keep those away? I would love those right now if that's, if that's okay because right. okay. it's a new month. Do you want one? I have yeah. one. I have a couple. Perfect. All right. <clears throat> Josh is one of those guys that thinks he's doing all the hard work, but in reality, he's saying, good job. You're doing a lot of great work then proceeds to explain why he actually did that work. Here's an example. I was, I was editing the podcast. <laughs> I was doing the podcast editing and Josh listens back and says, this is great, brilliant, posted, great editing. But you never directly, or he never directly said who did the editing. He then proceeded in the next episode to say, I do all the editing, but he never corrected himself saying he was joking. Therefore, that person messaged me and said, does Josh really edit the podcast? And I replied, no, but that's okay. Like I, you know, that's uh, that's one of those things where you're just going to have to to live with it and deal with it. That I do keep track of all the, the hardships that you do um, in our um, podcasting days. Um, so yeah, congrats. You're the employee of the month. What, what, uh, I think you get to add one rule to the podcast every time you're an employee of the month. Let's, let's do that. What's, what's your one rule? Every time you mention your girlfriend, you have to shotgun a beer. I don't have a girlfriend. I was off the dome too. Okay. Tough if you didn't at this point, to be honest. Yeah. I haven't seen her or heard about her in a couple of weeks. So Yeah, there's a reason I don't talk about her. Big all up, right. Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so move on, Josh. Let's, let's, let's get some, some real things. Some real things. This is the first time we're talking about this. Yeah, so I mean, so the vision, the vision with with – uh, like Dave was, it was kind of talking about before was, you know, do things a little bit differently. You know, we wanted to talk to, to athletes and give them the power to kind of have the questions where that we want and, and that we wanted and still want, um, from media outlets so that we can kind of expose our own, uh, characteristics and our own personalities a little bit better on, uh, on social media and things like that. So for us, that was like a big thing. And, and now it looks like we're going to have the ability and platform to be able to not only do that, but also support athletes uh, in another way. And, and, and for us, like the power to the athletes is always the most important thing. So the, the next jump for us is, is definitely 
athlete first and there's the, yeah there's there's loads of different avenues we can go down with it but um i don't want to talk i don't, I don't want to call it merch um actually because i think merch is like the kind of crappy you know three dollar shirts that you get offline like online and then you you brand them with your stuff this isn't this isn't merch this is like the highest quality brooks gear like our racing elite gear we are going to be selling on our website with the sit and kick logo and i'm super pumped about it because we've been working hard for this for a while we've been pushing pushing really hard brooks have been amazing with it and and given us this opportunity to to sell our brand on the best quality um gear that you'll get in this merch in brackets merch game yeah no exactly josh said it well um but i'll say it better and you know one of the things that we're um focused on is when we say sell merch or sell gear we're not meaning we profit a hundred percent of the profits are going back into the athletes and our number one focus is to develop the sport and do track differently josh and i are going to front a good portion of our fundings into making sure that we can well equip professional athletes, un, uh, uncontracted athletes, maybe the the regular community jogger that likes the podcast, anyone that wants to do a race. You know, a proposal that we have is covering race fees. You race in our kit, we cover your race free. It's like a it's like a free, very nice way to not only promote ourselves, but promote you, promote our community and the sit and kick brand as a whole, because our number one focus is to do track differently and build the sport from within. You know, we're not doing, and we've never started this podcast, nor do we ever intend to make money doing this maybe down the road, you know, but Josh and I are both contracted athletes. I make equal amount as Josh does. So if I'm making as much money as I am, I know Josh is sitting pretty as well. So with that, we don't need you guys to give us money, but what we need you guys to do is just invest in each other. If you guys buy a t-shirt, that money is going to another athlete being able to race in a kit. And it's exciting because we get to help the sport by being involved in the sport and you get to invest. It's not even like you're, you're using money or selling or spending money. You're literally investing and people are getting opportunities because of the, the amount of money that you guys will be able to put in um, to our, our podcasting gear. Yeah. You know, we, we have a shipment from Brooks that we're branding right now. Uh, we're having our website very, very uh, soon. And we're going to be able to show you guys and showcase this, this apparel. And it's it's crazy nice. And um, we have a fantastic create, creative with, of Julian Flores. You know, he was the first guy to race in our, our racing singlet. And it just shows already, like, the first thing we did was we put a couple of mock-ups together, got um, our, our friend in the kit and paid for his accommodation so he could go and race. And and, and that, for us, is, is the main idea. If you buy a singlet and race in the singlet with the sit and kick logo on it. We will, we will cover your feet up to the price of the singlet. Like if you want to race and you don't have any affiliations anywhere and you want a free singlet to race in, you're just covering yourself the race fee. It's fantastic. It's the dumbest idea two people have ever had. It's the we dumbest are going smart to idea lose money. We're like, going to lose money. This is straight up like me and Dave are going to lose money with this. And that's the big idea that we have because we want people to get out there. We want people to race. We want people to do it in the best gear possible. And this is gear that we wear on race day and that we run in constantly. So yep. we can tell you that this isn't going to, this isn't going to chafe. This ain't going to, you know, put it in the wash and, and it's not going to fall apart. This is top quality gear. And we're really, really excited to bring it to you guys. So 
you'll hear you'll hear more about that very soon and uh yeah it's just it's super exciting for us to be able to give back yeah and and some of the things that i i briefly touched on too like this can be you signing up for your local 5k um or this could be you wanting to go to the olympic trials and you're qualified for the olympic trials just need a kit to race in like the the higher um competition obviously the more expensive it is going to be for us to house or fly or whatever but Josh is exactly right. You're essentially getting a free singlet to race in and covering your expenses. And this isn't going to be one of those 100% cotton participation t-shirts you get from some of these meets. This is going to be, like Josh said, product that we trust and product that we're proud to to print alongside. Um, so, yeah, we're very fortunate to be able to kind of have this avenue of um, trajectory, I guess. I don't know if I'm trying to sound too biblical there, but <laughs> it, it's very it's very exciting. And we have been a little bit more distant on the podcasting side of things because as the employee of the month stated, um, we have been very busy um, getting things worked out. And, you know, like now finally I get to do something and edit this podcast because that's the only thing I do. Um, and so, yeah, um, Josh, I think said it well, and I think we're good enough to, to transition. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So just keep your, you know, keep your eye on our socials and uh, keep listening to the episodes. And I'm sure we'll have, we'll kind of give you dates soon enough for, uh, for the very limited drop that we will be doing. Um, yeah. So what is Dungeons and Dragons, Davio? Oh, oh, you want to get into that one too? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll follow up with, um, okay. So I've been getting a lot of, a lot of DMS about Dungeons and Dragons, Josh, and, and I want you to know that although it is perceived as a very nerdy game, it's a very intellectual, imaginative experience. So how about, this is what we do. Um, let, let's, let's, uh, what, what kind of character are you? What kind are you a fighter, a wizard? What are you? Uh, are those, are those my two options? I think no, between you, so those you two could... options, I'm a fighter. Okay. I'm definitely not a wizard. <laughs> you're not, can you say, can you say you're a wizard, Harry? Uh, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> was that, was that bang on for you? Was it? <laughs> are, um, are you, are you a wizard, Dave? Is that, is that the big idea? No, I'm not a wizard. Um, it's just, You're definitely it's just, not a fighter. I can I'm not that. a fighter either. Um, no, so essentially D&D is you, you have classes that you can choose from. There's bard, paladin, cleric, wizard, sorcerer, um, barbarian, <sighs> fighter, ranger, rogue. I know you're yawning. You choose a class, but then you choose a race. Are you an elf, a dwarf, a dragonborn, a tiefling, a human, a half-elf, an orc, a gnome? What are you? What kind of race are you? Uh... Uh, gnome sounds pretty good all right so you are a fighter gnome josh hell yeah and and i don't know what weapon of choice you have what kind of weapon do you have and see that's a good question i would probably say some sort of boomerang um like a like a throwing star kind of boomerang type of thing okay again and the last question i have for your character creation what is your name Oh, what's my name? Um, Gobby Gnome. Gobby Gnome. Yeah. All right. So this is how D&D is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cue dramatic music. That's Lord of the Rings. Anyway, so Gobby Gnome, you're standing there outside a tavern with your boomerang at your side and you're assessing the scene. As you open the door, you walk into a dimly lit tavern and the smell of sweat and alcohol burns your nose. Across the entrance beyond the oak stained table is a bearded dwarf cleaning a mug. 
He lifts his seafarer hat and gives you a friendly grin. Oh, welcome, traveler. What will you be having? Pint. Oh, a pint for you. That will knock you straight on the arse, won't it? Well, how about I get you a pint for free if you can tell me a little story. What is your name, sir? Uh, Gobby. Gobby. And boom, that's D&D. So it's an immersive world that you get to play in, and there's someone called the Dungeon Master or Dungeon Daddy, a.k.a. me. And right. then you would just play the world, whether it's a role play in this scenario or whether you're fighting. Maybe some fishermen stand up from the corner of the tavern and come and fight you. You start rolling some dice and you start taking some hits. You use your trusty boomerang. Like everything's based around your ability to play your character. Um, okay, I see. So it's essentially those that are um, – shy and don't like who they are as a person can kind of express and be other things you know like i can be a very tall muscular dragonborn fighter so do you play this quite a lot then eh? Uh, i play it like once a week really yeah too good mate fair enough good. might have to try it a bit more in camp mate. <laughs> no, i'm not gonna let you play oh wow um, but gobby gnomes got a future mate gobby gnomes might have a future but let's let's actually play a game here josh today right, what, what is today it is april 1st april fools and April Fool's Day is our unofficial official holiday of the Sit and Kick podcast. So yes, what sir. Josh does not know is I have a secret script for this podcast. Hmm. So we are going to play an April Fool's Day game because I'm the game guy today. So the first game that we're going to play in this secret Sit and Kick script for the unofficial official holiday is Fool or Cool. Okay. I'm going to say a name of a runner. And you have to say either they are a fool or they are cool. You're just trying to bring my judgy side out, man. People don't know about judgy my judgy side. side. Right, okay. And I'm ready. You can give some explanations if you want because I don't want you to hurt any friendships in this. Okay. But I'll even add a third bracket. There'll be fool, cool, or tool. Ooh, see, tool's worse, huh? Tool, tool might be the bottom of the barrel. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm definitely ready? ready. Yeah. Chariot. Uh, tool. I don't know what you said. Tool. 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 Okay. Jakob. Fool. Okay. Philip. <laughs> tool. I bet you can guess which one I'm going to say next. Henrik. Henrik. Cool. You like cool. So you, you have a cool tool and a fool in the Ingerbritsons? Yes, sir. All right. Whiteman. Cool. Engels. So <laughs> this is this is where it comes. I like Engels a lot. Behind closed doors, we're good friends. But he's talking shit about me on podcasts yeah. and then having to come back and apologize on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm going to call him a fool. Okay, fair enough. But he can be cool. Fair enough. McCloofy. Straight up knob. <laughs> Option D. Uh, McSwain. Cool. Grice. Cool. Centro. Cool. Kerr. And me? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm a tool, 100%. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. All right. Gregoric. <laughs> uh, cool. Gregson. So it's tough when you say all surnames. Um, Gregson's cool, yeah. Ribich. <laughs> cool. Okay, um, so that's I like how you the, just went all men there. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to know because you don't talk to women, nor do you know women's sports. That's been apparent with our previous guests. So I wanted to mean? keep you in your element. Fair enough. 
See, buddy. Good night. All right. So here's another super secret part of the script. Super secret sit and kick race. In a 2017 June article, you wrote about doing homework on your competition in the interview. And you said, oh, I actually closed the tab. That's fine. You said that you were prepared to race them and that you studied them and you knew exactly how they were going to race when you won your first NCAA outdoor title. So here's my proposition. How exciting could a race be if you didn't know the heat sheets, you didn't know the distance, all you knew as the racer was you're going to be one of 10 athletes and you'd be racing a distance between one and 3000 meters. And all week, the race directors secretly give out information to the competitors, to the fans to try and figure out who's in the field. So imagine you're being at an indoor competition. Everyone has a treadmill in their room. You warm up and do drills in the hall outside your room. And then 10 minutes before your race, you are blindfolded and sent to the indoor track facility. Then you are brought to the line and have three minutes before the race is off. That's when your blindfold is removed and you can assess the competition. I would say <laughs> that would be good for people. And that's also how 99% of people race. People don't do, like we're the only sport that doesn't study film. Like think about it. Even even like like when we were talking to Grant Holloway, I was like, oh, you film practice? Like, like do you film everything? Like, do you study it? He's like, yeah, yeah, big time. But like not many like say 400 up we don't really do film and yeah. i think it's like ridiculous i do a lot of homework on on racing strategies and on things that work and how how training's going and i write a lot of things down because i feel like it's part of my job and what you described is probably how a lot of people turn up to races they, not they the, show like blind? Not, no, not like blind but more like oh we'll just see what happens and i'll just react it's like how are you going to get better that way I don't know. I just don't understand it, to be honest. Um, but I think it's a cool concept, uh, especially, you know, with a 15, you can kind of race it whatever way. But for, say, if it was like up to like a 5K, it could be, it's a big, big difference between really tough race and a really easy race. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think in a 15, like you probably go in with the mindset, like I'm going to have to run like all out and that's fine. Um, but a 5K is not normally always the, the, the kind of best solution for it. I like yeah. that, Dave. But yeah, I think that's actually a good analogy of like how most runners are, especially in think, college. Too. Yeah, I didn't even think about it in that context. Um, but I think you bring up a good point. Um, and then lastly, of my secret script, I'm going to let the fans actually get to know you a little bit more. I'm kind of putting you in the hot seat. We can call this the love seat. You know, we can call this the, do you have a crush on you? We're going to talk about the 10 perfect questions to ask someone on a first date to really get to know someone. Let's start my, with question. Am I answering? You are answering. Okay. What makes you unique, Josh? Um, I'm not circumcised. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get to. <laughs> oh Lord, oh Lord, when I'm in. Um, what are what are some random fun facts about you? You don't have to repeat answer one. <laughs> uh, how many fun facts you want? Um. Let's just, let's just give two unrelated to the first question. Uh, fun fact, number one. Um, oh, see, would, I, have, I, have fun say, I have fun facts I don't want to say. Okay. You would go on to a first date and the, they ask you the question, what makes you unique? And you would yeah. flat out say, I'm not circumcised. Yeah, I think you got to you got to be bold. That's kind of the Carissa strategy, I would say. Go with okay. the shock factor. Yeah. Um and then from there you just, you know, fun facts about me. 
you know, it, does this person know me at all? Like, do they know that what I do? Mm, let's say a guest of the Sit and Kick podcast is uh, trying to meet you for the first time. But oh, like, okay. you don't have to make it necessarily romantic, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Um, okay, that's fair. I, I genuinely don't know. Like, fun facts are weird. It, like, especially if someone knows me, like, they know that I've got a peanut allergy, and that sucks. That's a fun fact. We could call that a fun fact. It's not fun, no. What's well, fun oh, for us? I, uh, well, to be fair, how about this is a fun fact. I thought I had a, a nut allergy until I was like 20, and then I did a nut allergy test. I only learned the peanuts. So Perfect. I, I, but I've still never eaten a nut, well, knowingly. Okay. So I don't know what it tastes like. There's so a, there's, there's some fun fair. There's, there's, there's some goods there. We'll move on to question three. What are, what's something, I've also not read these questions at all. I just kept the hyperlink. So I'm reading these for the first time too. Uh, what's something you want to learn or wish you were better at? Uh, I would love to learn a new language. And okay. um, I'm always trying to get better at sex. I think it's definitely important to to always up your game or else things get boring. I'm not editing this out. And both of our parents listen to this podcast. Tough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would just try to make you laugh, Dave. Well, I'm just thinking about our audience. I, I laugh at all the stupid stuff that you say. You know, like you, you don't have to impress me. I'm, oh, thanks. Oh, that sounded too too friendly. Um, so, all right, so, so five. So for the first three questions, I've gone circumcision, nuts, and sex. Yeah, I can see your heads at. And now, unfortunately, the next question is, do you know any good jokes? Uh, Dave's running career. Okay, we're <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> what's something that bugs you? Um, something that bugs me. Just, I would say people trying to gain attention on April Fool's Day. <laughs> Really bugs okay. me. Okay. Uh, straight up, gonna call out the beer beer mile podcast. Okay. I mean, just terrible level. You know. Yeah. Like we're out here just battling off Cityus Mag, right? And then they pretend they give in to him, and then the best beer in the game, Blue Moon. You're just gonna play with people's hearts and say that you're you're now like this massively paid employee or whatever they said they were gonna be. Yeah. Come on, dude. And, and I knew you would have a special connection with that because Blue Moon is your beer. It is my beer, man. It's it's a great beer. I would never run a beer mile in it because I didn't want to ruin it. But I tell you, I don't know. There's just something about that post that really got to me. That's fair. Bugged well, me. It bugged you. We're moving on. What's the most embarrassing thing you can remember that has happened to you? Oh, loads. Um, definitely shat myself a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That was an interesting high I'm not sure experience. I would ask for a second date if we were actually going on to a date. Oh, I forgot it was a date thing. Um, most embarrassing thing? Oh, yeah, I, I hate when I get noticed out on the streets, you know? Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'm trying um, to impress you. <laughs> Who are the special people in your life? This would be a good time to probably see your girlfriend on a first date, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got this missus, but don't worry about her. <laughs> I'm a big family man, so... All my family are special to me. That's actually why we postponed the podcast episode is because of your family. Yeah. Understandable. And see, I, I'm never going to take away your family, Josh, but you are welcome to join. You could be David or you could be Josh Ribich if you wanted to be. Um, and then lastly, and before we get back on our regular scheduled program, what is something you are proud of? I am proud of the way that I commit. Hmm. Get that was a first date. 
I would cross my legs, sip my wine, and blow out the rosé. And think about and say, circumcision. Check, please. <laughs> We'd be headed home. All right, so let's get back to the regular scheduled program. <laughs> so, Dave, who's the most overpaid runner? You know. Oh, okay. That 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 um, most overpaid runner. Well, I guess it depends on what we're kind of talk trying to talk about in this discussion because I think one of the next prompts we have is ability versus sands in a new era of sport. Like, yeah. Do you think overpaid runners? strictly based off performance or do you think overpaid runners strictly based off their actual worth because some slow runners are very 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 valuable to the brand and vice versa that's the thing is like i think really smart from the people who are playing into that like people who have the followers and have have worked hard to get them i think that's a specific skill to have and i don't have that i would say um but I think it is a shame that that's what it's moving towards. I feel like even not even in our sport, like I feel like we're moving towards um, popularity over ability. And it's a shame. It really is a shame. And I think, you know, maybe I'm just stuck in in the ways that where we were growing up, that was what we had to do. You know what I mean? Like I, th- I feel like NCAA athletes now are more like, oh, well, I need to gain more social media presence. So that means that I can get paid or you know, this and the next thing. And I just, I don't know. I think, I just wish it was all like ability driven versus like popularity driven. Yeah. But that's just me, to be honest. That's just me stuck in me ways. Yeah. Old ways, hard, hard to die. Yeah. Um, I don't know who like the most overpaid runner is. And I think that's because the conversation around money and professional track and field is like non-existent almost. And, yeah. and I know we got a lot of fan submitted questions that specifically deal with um, how much money we make and non-disclosure acts and things like that. And I actually wanted to touch on a few of those things um, later. Um, but right now, most, most overpaid runner, I honestly couldn't give you an answer because I don't know what people make. If someone, if you gave me an athlete and gave me a number, I would, I would probably have a better idea if I think that's what they're worth or not, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to kind of figure out because there's a lot of like chatter in, in the sport where people that are saying, Oh, this person's on that that person. No one really knows. Cause mm-hmm. normally people who have seen the numbers aren't allowed to say them, say the numbers. So it's like, you, n- you never really know what what's what. And I think it's sad that, that that's the way it goes. And I think if we ever signed any deals with as a podcast, I think one big thing that we would definitely do is make sure that we don't have to sign any NDAs where we can talk about exactly the specifics of contracts. Cause I think it will expand things and other people will look at that being like, okay, well, if they're worth this, then I'm worth that. And I think it gives a bit more power to the athletes and that's kind of what we're about. Um, and yeah, I'm sure a lot of brands just do it because that's just the industry standard. And I hate, yeah. I hate that. I hate the industry that standard, phrase. Yeah. yeah. I hate that phrase of the industry standard. And I think what we're trying to do is, is hopefully change that, but it's, it's definitely difficult. I'll, I'll use an, a real example. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to throw any shade by any means with this, um, but like Drew Hunter signing out of high school. I think when that contract was getting thrown out there and, and people were conversating about that, um, it was like, he's totally overpaid. Like he's not worth that much money, yada, yada, yada. But if you realistically look at what he's brought back to the brand, he has made his money back and some. Yeah. Like the 10 Man Elite brand that he helped create is very, very significant with within the branding of Adidas running, in my opinion. So when you look at like his athletics abilities have been good. He's been consistent. I mean, he won the USA two mile indoor championships. Um, he qualified for the 2019 world championships in Doha. Like he's, he's made and proved himself at the professional level, but on top of that also be, was able to develop something even further than just 
his accomplishments, he developed a brand. So yeah, he's got yeah, he's got definitely a a mature head on his shoulders, and he definitely it probably took him a bit of time. I mean, he's coming out of high school and, and getting paid this big salary. There's expectations there, and I think that's the sad part is is the only time that people shouldn't know someone's salary they did. And from there, it was just it was. I think he went through a couple of struggle struggling years, but God, yeah, he's getting he's getting that all back now. And and uh, I mean, all part two, and those guys are doing a great job over at Tin Man uh, of just promoting the brand and promoting the sport. And even if they're selling bowls for like three hundred dollars, like I guess it's all part of the fun. And and uh, they're definitely creating a a nice um, a nice little group around them and a, and a great following from high schoolers for sure. Um, because I think they would be kind of known more as like a stepping stone where it's like, you know, I can definitely go pro um, even if it's not with a big brand. I can get signed by by Tin Man Elite. And even if I'm not signed with Adidas, you know, I get a bit of, I get training partners and I get I get a bit of gear. So it's definitely a cool concept. And, and uh, yeah, I think I definitely got a lot of time for that. I'm just thinking about this off the top of my head. But when we talk about rolling out merch, it'd be interesting if we could do a collaboration Um like we do one t-shirt match with their t-shirt match and they match us in profits of like hundred percent of profits go into it. Because I think what we're trying to do is like the reason that we're not an exclusive branded podcast, we could exclusively brand apparel, but the reason we're not exclusively branding podcasts is because we don't want to be exclusively branded to a specific person. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we, we want people from all avenues of the sport. We want people from all brands, all backgrounds, disciplines to come into the sport and make a difference. Um, and I think I'm getting memed right now. It's amazing ADHD advice. Just got sent to my phone and played from my phone. I actually don't know how that <laughs> happened, um, but because I have ADHD, I'm going to be done talking about what we were just talking about and we're going to move on. Next question. <laughs> Oh, Dave. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that whole that whole question all comes down to like where do brands make their money back, and uh, that's that's the big question on everyone's lips, and that's why I think the sports changing is is kind of sadly, you know, as Brooks athletes, we have to go to major championships and wear Nike or Adidas, and you know that's where a lot of the money's made for brands is in these big moments, and like a pinnacle of our uh, our sport is is the Olympics, and sadly we're not allowed to wear our our Brooks apparel um, at the Olympics. And, and, and sadly, that's, that's just, that's just how life is. And, and we're here to sell shoes and sell clothes and sell, you know, the ability you can get while running in this stuff. So for us, you know, having, having this podcast makes a difference for us and gives us more of a voice where we can say, look, you know, we're paid by Brooks, but I can promise you if you buy this gear that we're, we're going to give you, which we're pretty much giving you for free. If you follow, if you follow the couple of, couple of rules we're going to have, then, you know, you'll see what it's like running in, in Brooks gear and it's, it's amazing. And so, yeah, I think it does come down to like, where, where can you promote the biggest? And, and sadly that's mostly on social media now instead yep. of, instead of the Olympic games or world championships, because that's kind of be monopolized by a couple of big brands. I mean, more, I, yeah, certainly more eyes are falling along, falling on reels and TikToks than they are in the Olympic games. And you, you look at esports and the progression. I mean, like this is a rabbit hole that we don't necessarily dive into because we <laughs> want to keep our, our podcast short when it's just the two of us speaking. Um, but yeah, um, I agree. And, and it'll be interesting how that pans out in the next couple of years, as well as social media becomes more and more relevant and the verified boys continue to rule over the world, sit and kick yeah, empire. Um, but let's, uh, let's actually just transition over to some of the fan submitted things. Um, if you want to start talking about some of it, 
Yeah. Choose uh, which one, and he won all of them. <laughs> I like the first one. Okay. How hard is it to go D1? Well, for me, it was very hard, and it was a non-existent um, <laughs> opportunity. So, uh, See, I set you up for that one, Dave. Yeah, I, I know I know you did. Um, but I think it's obviously depends on your own individual perception of what you're trying to do. I don't think you necessarily have to go Division One. Yeah, no. I, the, the thing is, people people develop at different stages in their life. And if you have this dream in your mind of going D1, you've got high schoolers running so fast. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like not even attainable to think about how fast they're running. And they're like, well, if they're going D1, then I'm probably going to have to go D2 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of D1 schools. And I don't think you should be kind of focusing as much on the division as you should seeing how your progression would be at that university. And yeah. so the, the competition in D1 is fantastic. It's, it's world-class level. Like people who are coming out as NCAA D1 champions are going to the Olympics and world championships and they're doing well there. Yeah. And so division two is still a very, very high level. Like, yes, the 1500 meter like record in D2 isn't as fast as D1. And we understand that, <laughs> but it's still a very, very high level. If you break that record, you're going to be getting the Olympic trial standard. So, you know, the, the competition's there. So it's just like, go to a university that you find, click with the coach, you like the surroundings, you like your program at university because, you know, sadly, yes, you have to go to class when you go to university. Well, you didn't, and but yeah. I definitely went, but I was hoping it would be a Blue Mountain State situation where someone else would do the work for me. Like I'd have a nerd. I didn't have a nerd. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, finding the right situation for you is is the biggest the biggest outcome you can get from, or the best outcome you can get from going to college. Yeah, I would agree with you there, Josh, um, where the division isn't really the the conversation that you need to have is like, how hard is it to go D1? The most important thing is like, how do I click with this coach? How do I click with yeah. this team? Can I see myself succeeding at this university outside of track? Um, I thought about um, something that a mentor told me when I was younger and they said, could you see yourself at that university if track and field didn't work out? And I said, yes. And like with that, I liked that. And like one of the reasons I like Western Oregon so much is we were an hour uh, south of Portland. We were an hour from the coast. We were an hour from Eugene. We were an hour from mountains. Like if running didn't work out, there was going to be tons of opportunities elsewhere for me to be able to find enjoyment. And I, I feel um, I deprived myself of a real college experience. Like I was pretty clean slate of just like run, 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 run. And I don't necessarily regret that, but I know that if running didn't work out, I would have had so many things to be able to like fill my mind with activity. So yeah. Yeah. It De- doesn't no, matter definitely. division. Yeah. Yeah. I think it kind of goes back to a conversation or a decision that I had to make in high school, which was I wasn't good enough to go into like the highest math, like, class where i could do say it's, it's called higher maths i was i was told to get higher into, maths yeah plural yeah maths we call it maths in the uk <laughs> so there there was a higher maths and then there was like a a lower math let's just say that to make it easy math or maths maths okay because it's mathematics it's not mathematic is it you're the math yeah. guy english um, maths guy so i ended up opting for the higher maths because i thought you know it makes more sense if I can do well in it, then I have a higher maths, right? That's that, that made sense in my head. But then I realized that I couldn't do any of the work and then I didn't get the higher maths. But if I'd gone to the lower maths, I would have got, yeah, a lower score, but I would have progressed in my math career. But I didn't. And now I'm terrible at maths, right? So mm-hmm. it's the same with D1. If it's too big a jump, don't do it. 
because it's either going to go, it could go phenomenally well and you could shock the world or it could go terribly well and you're out of the sport. So if you're within yourself in college, I think it makes more sense to go somewhere where you'd be happy. You're, you're, you like where you are and it's not too big a jump where you're not going to fall off the edge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I don't think we necessarily need to, to get deeper into that by any means. Cause I think we've said everything that we, we need to talk about, but I think a, a good segue for that is the question that was submitted that did you have better access to facilities as a collegiate or now as a pro? So I'm the opposite of that. And I don't know if you guys had good facilities in New Mexico, but like I have better access to facilities now than I did in college. I think that's like a, that's a huge question. And I think actually it's being covered a little bit now with like Oregon's um, facilities and things. Not a lot of pros have like an official track. Uh, And obviously most D1, D2 colleges have an official track. And so facilities, the facilities in New Mexico were great. You know, we had an indoor track, we had an outdoor track, we had a weight room, we had a training room with, with great facilities. We had a not, um, what they called the Alter G. We just got an Alter G as, as a Brooks team. Um, the facilities that, that uh, Brooks has are amazing. You know, we have a gym, we have an Alter G, we have tracks and we have access an athletic to trainer. Yeah. We have We have a full-time athletic trainer. So I am nowhere near complaining, but yeah. there's a lot of money in D1 college. And, and that's not to be sniffed at. And so when people actually have the decision to go pro or to stay in college, it sometimes makes more sense to stay in college because if you feel like you need that support system and, you know, things get handed to you a lot in college because you're not getting paid as much money, like in the form of cash, but the facilities that you get given are, 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 are pretty crazy, especially when it comes to the university fees and things like that. So there's a lot riding from, from these coaches to, to kind of do their job and make sure that you're, kind of getting babied to an extent um into doing into doing well yeah do you want to read off the next one yeah uh (laughs) what do you think of flow track i yeah i'll start um i think i think they're a great media um outlet i think it's a shame how expensive they are for a for a fee yeah I think I think it's, it's I think it's sad that they are the biggest media outlet for track and field, and the people who have to pay or who who want to watch what we're doing have to pay a significant amount of money to get any content of what we're doing. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that paywall is is a significant blocker. But the thing is, is like I still think you need to necessarily pay to watch the sport, but I don't think that needs to go onto the consumer. Like when you think about like ESPN. Like they, they pay broadcasting rights to show to show basketball games, baseball games, things like that. Like you shouldn't deprive the consumer of their money for them to leisurely enjoy watching something. You know, it's yeah. like I don't know if, if they target NBC, if they target some some medium that allows them to take the pressure off the consumer, but it's like it's a shame that like I'm in college and I'm like racing at a certain time and my mom's like, is it on flow track or runner space or NBC gold? And they have subscriptions to each of those, you know, like that's, that's a big blocker just in terms of like, they're buying that because they know someone in the sport, but someone not knowing the sport will never tune in and pay that amount of money to, to watch the sport. You know, like I've, I watch spike ball championships. I've watched esports championships. I've watched darts and bowling. And like, obviously those are real things. I'm not going to say they're not, but like, I would never watch those things if it wasn't on the TV already in front of me, like the American track league on ESPN indoor was phenomenal. That was so cool. 
Yeah, I think it's just sad because yeah, the rights aren't in in one place, but also sometimes full tracks um, quality isn't yeah. to the highest extent. And when someone's like, I'm going to pay $19 a month for this subscription. And then they, they watch the NCAA championships and it freezes every you know yeah. 25 seconds. Like it's tough to be like, Oh, that the next month looking at that bill being like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to refresh that. And I think that's just sad. Like I, obviously it's a business you got to make money, but there's got to have to be someone that comes in that gives quality media without like a massive paywall where we can at least have like a certain level of, of, you know, track and field to watch. And then from there, maybe major championships is, is on like NBC or something like yeah. that. I also don't think free YouTube is the way to grow the sport. Um, but you know, we are progressing in a way where I think track and field will become more and more accessible. Um, I just think yeah. for some odd reason, we're in this weird limbo of what's, what's the right way to do it. And I think that a lot of the stems also from not flow track, not Kiddies Mag, but it stems from like the governing bodies of track and field that want to prioritize like viewerships. Um, yeah. Again, another rabbit hole um, that we'll probably <laughs> just segue onto a guest next time we have someone on. So yeah. someone submitted um, and we kind of flirted with this earlier, how much money you make if NDOs, I think they meant NDAs don't allow that describe your lifestyle, money, comfort level. So I'm not going to necessarily say how much I make, but what I will say is there's a very big significance between how much you make and how much you have or how much you earn. So like my contract, let's say theoretically, no, not even my contract. Let's say, um, what, what was your uh, D&D character's name? Uh, do, uh, Dobby, not Dobby. G G Gobby. Gobby. Sorry. Okay. So let's say Gobby the gnome makes $50,000 as yeah. a professional track and field athlete, which would probably be on the higher side in all honesty. All right. So Gobby makes $50,000. He pays his agent 15%, which is the industry standard. So he's paying them $7,500. So 50,000 minus 7,500 is uh, like, what is that? 42,500 math guy, math guy. So he has 42,500. All right, great. So then let's say he lives in the city of Seattle. The average, um, average month rent it's got to be like 1200 or something, right? Is how much does it cost to live in Seattle per month? Family of four. So monthly cost $1,159. 12 times uh, $1,159 is almost $14,000. So now from $42,000, we are looking at $28,000. Yeah. Okay. So we're at $28,000. So then on top of that, you have to figure taxes. If you're doing $50,000, you are probably going to pay anywhere between seven and eight thousand dollars in taxes yeah so then now you're at and you make you you pay taxes off the amount that you make not the amount that you pay your contractors so professional yeah. track and field athletes are contracted athletes so we we pay unemployment tax and we we don't have taxes taken out so we also have to pay for other things like like medical dental whatever you want to you get into those rabbit holes so you ch change your fifty thousand dollar contract you minus the taxes, you minus the rent, you minus the agent fees, you're now sitting at around $20,000 to $19,000 a year. And that yeah. is not counting any other expense. Yeah. So what I wish I would have been told coming out of college is I wish I would have had a financial advisor or a financial planner to help me figure out, okay, this is how much you make, but this is how much you earn. This is the actual money that you can willingly spend and feel comfortable, you know? Yeah. So I would say that in terms of comfort level to kind of navigate back towards your question, I would say being a professional track and field athlete 
is hard if you don't have those kind of things to focus around. Don't know where to put your money. Don't have people in your corner because things stack up pretty fast. Expenses stack up very fast. I mean, I've already invested so much more money into this podcast than Josh, and I don't know how I'm going to write that off. So, yeah. Um, I feel like you described it quite well. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how much more you could add unless you talk about how much money you make in comparison, which, you know, Gobby would not be um, no. happy about that. Gobby, yeah, Gobby does his job. I think, you know, um, I was lucky enough to, to sign a, a great contract with Brooks. And yeah, there's just a lot of expenses when it comes to being a contractor. Um, yeah. You know, and especially... You know, when you invest, we're here to invest in ourselves as well as the brands investing in us. It's pretty much like they're going to pay us for us to continue, you know, paying for ourselves. Um, so, you know, there's there's specific stuff that we do outside of the team that make us great athletes. And that might not even be anything close to what um, to do with like sport, just even, you know, mental state um trying to relax, have fun, whatever, um, live in a nice spot, you know, be comfortable, you know, but, you know pay your car insurance, like all this stuff, like it, there's lots of expenses when it comes to like anyone living, but when it comes to athletes, especially like as we're not employees, there's, there's things that we need to, we need to pay for. So yeah, it's uh it's, it's an interesting life and it's something that you need to be able to break down. And if you don't know how to break it down get someone that, that does when you get a contract written for you, get it, you know, whatever contracts you get given, put them all out uh, on, on, on a table compare them like you know for dollar to dollar and then compare them like what benefits you get for being in that um i think it was pretty cool when hoka did the the health health insurance thing um yep. like stuff like that like that kind of expense will bring your monthly expenses down by a couple hundred bucks a month yep. so yeah it's it's um it's definitely a, a decision that's made too quickly in a lot of in a lot of situations so uh be careful with it and and uh yeah, just just don't waste it all on on a car. I mean, I we both <laughs> we both I know we did. Uh. Um, we got to get it branded for the sit and kick, though, I guess, and, and just write it all off. Um, another question that was submitted was Dave mentioned meeting with a sports psych. Super curious to hear about working with them. It's going terrible. No, I'm kidding. It's going great. Um, yeah, I think sports psychs are super cool. And do you I have really one like, like do you have like because I know you were meeting with them. Did you? Yeah, have so I was meeting with like? a few. Yeah, I, was, I met with a few um, and narrowed it down to one. And I work with her. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to disclose her name. I don't know. I don't know what the... Dobby, was it? Do, her name's Dobby. <laughs> she's a really short individual. She has a, this weird boomerang. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, I her name's know. Shannon Thompson. And she's for, she lives in Flagstaff. And um, she works with elite runners. And I, I believe she works with NAU athletes as well. Um, but so far, so good. I mean, like, I really have enjoyed the conversations that we've had and and we meet pretty regularly and we've been doing like visualization and, and just kind of like working through some things because i mean me and josh alluded to this a lot on the podcast about like fitness and, and confidence and things like that and it's like i've certainly won races with more confidence than i've had fitness and i've gotten dead last with the most fitness i've ever had and no confidence so yeah. we're just kind of trying to find a happy medium there and um, i'm honestly excited to race um and like, there's tons of jokes like submitted about like running 345 and it's like, they don't really bother me. Um, but I wouldn't want them to continue. However, I am excited to race, you know, and, and that's like yeah. a good position to be. And I will be racing. I'm um, actually at the end of this month. I'll be racing early. I'll be going out. Really? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll likely Where? be racing two or three times before the regular team races. Jeez, um, Sean. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to just kind of getting back in the groove. Good. That's good. No, that's great. I think, you know, 
sports psych is one of those things where like you put off you put it off you put it off and then you're like when you realize how good they are you're like why haven't i been doing this the whole time um, yeah and it's just nice to speak to someone that gets paid to listen to your problems rather than family members that um might not get paid and might yeah. have had enough of it so um not even that it's more like family members that aren't educated in it and, and and don't know how to deal with certain stuff and and kind of fall into their own ways as well and and uh when you have someone that's educated and and can understand and has no biases then it's, it's kind of nice to have that conversation and, and just be able to talk things out and, and it's pretty cool it's also something to kind of add to what you're saying of like you don't necessarily want to have those conversations with those people that are close to you like yeah. i didn't like i rarely talk with someone that's very important <laughs> in my life i almost had to do it almost had to do it um do you have beers in the ass yeah um yeah but like you don't necessarily want to have those conversations with them like you almost want to have that separate life and you don't like i've already had these conversations with this person before i don't want to come back to it even though it's still like eating me alive or like i don't want to talk to my mom or my dad about a race problem because i'm like i just don't like i understand but it's like you know, and, and here's another thing. It's okay to see a sports psych. You can see a sports psych without anything being wrong. Like there's a taboo around sports psych. Like there's someone that was very close to me. I said, I was like, I'm going to go see a sports psych. And they say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's like not the best thing to approach someone when they, <laughs> when they say that they're going to see a, a psychologist. Um, but I'll, I'll accept it. Um, but it's like, you don't have to have something going wrong to see a sports psych. And, and better yet, like if things are going right, all the more reason to see a sports psych because yeah. you can have someone tap into that state. And then let's say something happens later down the road and things start um, deteriorating. That sports psych is there for you because they've been there through every step of the way. Like, yo, Gobby, like you've been <laughs> sitting there like talking about how you're losing races. And I remember a year ago when we were talking, this was your mentality. These are the notes that I have. Like, how can yeah. we get you back to that state? You know, like you don't have to have something wrong to see a sports psych. Yeah. And, and and if you're in this sport and you want to get good at this sport, the people who are the best are all seeing sports psychs. And it's not because they're having lulls in their careers. It's because they know that that's what's going to make the difference in those 1% moments. And uh, if you want to make it in this sport, you're probably going to have to see a sports psych because we're all fucking crazy anyway. That's, that's <laughs> the truth of it all. If we're, if we're willing to run as far as we do, as long as we do and put yeah, our bodies so through something so wrong stress, there's something wrong. <laughs> Josh, you don't shave your legs, but I do why I, we don't need to talk about this like i feel like this podcast i don't understand like, it like i feel like outside of running no one does that other really? than like swimmers swimmers swimmers, yeah, swimmers football, players, football players shave their legs no chance yeah dude because they're always up in tapes or socks or things like that like so yeah, i what's up well, are we in tapes and socks i mean you've never seen underneath my tights I, I personally like to shave my legs because I like the feeling of them in tights. I like the feeling of the, the wind and I think they make your legs look more fit. I also <laughs> like bed sheets. You'll never know what a bed sheet feels like until you have sh uh, shaved legs. That's I've tried it. It just took me like 45 minutes and I was like, well, this is dumb. Did you electric razor or clean shave? I think I used an electric razor. No, dude. So you got an electric razor and then in the shower, get some of the like women's like shavers and just uh, take oh, really? go to town. Go, yeah everything just, must go it's like a clearance sale i just don't even like shaving my face so like legs is going to be a whole different situation we didn't even talk about a banter bowl in this in this podcast episode um now that i think about it but that's okay <laughs> that's okay if you could run for any other country other than the uk or america what country the easiest to make a team probably 
So I would probably run for. I'd run for the UK if that's the, that's the option. Oh really? What are you trying to get in there for? Like high jump? <laughs> I don't even know if we're good at high jump. I think we actually are pretty solid at high jump. Um, who would I go for? Um, Democratic Republic of Congo. It's mm. probably my my go-to. Blarmars. What about? Hmm. What are you trying to say? Is she from... No. Delete. <laughs> um, I would probably run w- for a small country like Iceland. It would be awesome to run for like a country that doesn't like have a large population. So all of a sudden you just become a phenom. You could become a celebrity. You oh, know, yeah. like, you just become the bee's knees. Like, like, like Norway? I, you know, I almost said that. I almost said that. <laughs> so dave what's it like to be such an accomplished author and train at such a high level that's such a roast bro are you kidding me did you write this i didn't write that but i think that's a genuine response yeah but they didn't say and race to such a high level they said train we're figuring it out we're figuring it out folks (laughs) (laughs) we're figuring it out but i i I took that as a ginormous compliment because Uh, okay an accomplished author and you know i train at such a high level you know <laughs> train at high altitude but <laughs> yeah but i don't know Josh, I, think, light, I, th- dude? I think we i think we covered covered a good amount of things we like i said didn't really get into the bantabo at all um but this whole episode has kind of been more conversational than anything and more informative um and and i think the real big takeaway from these things aren't the 10 questions that i asked josh about his first date experience you know we don't need to to listen to those back over but what i would say the biggest takeaway is we want to do track different and and the things that we want to do within the sport go well beyond podcasting it goes into helping athletes it goes helping community members and building honestly a sit and kick community that can get behind each other to literally crowdfund other people's opportunities yeah yeah definitely if you're someone that wants to get out and run the first road race mile 5k whatever if you want us to cover your entry fee, buy a singlet. If you are an elite athlete that are in between brands or want to come through, give us an email and let's see what we can do for you. Because hopefully we make a bit of money for um, from this gear because we're going to be selling t-shirts as well. And from that money, what we're going to be doing is we're going to help support as many athletes right now as possible um, who are you know maybe got dropped from a brand and looking for a new one or need people to cover their expenses in some way, shape, or form. And and that's what we want to do. So if you want to support track and field, and if you want to support yourselves getting into local races, buy this merch. Sorry, we, we will go again. Buy this apparel, buy these yeah. clothes. And uh, and it's just big up to Brooks, really, for, for giving the opportunity for us to do that. And I think we're both in this position because we are sponsored by Brooks, and they kind of came to us with this opportunity just saying, look, we love what you guys are doing and we want you guys to support the track and field world. And, and, and it's pretty cool to have a brand supporting you like that instead of being like, you know, we'll take this amount of profit. This amount. They don't want anything in return other than, you know, making sure that it's the highest level of product going out. And uh, I think that's a pretty cool thing from them. Exactly. It's a cool thing from them and it's a cool thing to kind of be partnered alongside. And again, 100% of the profits go back into the community of racers. Yeah, if we have to screenshot our bank balances... Like, we will do that. Like, this isn't a joke. This is the dumbest move any two people have ever done in the track and field world. I promise you. This isn't little terms and conditions, small print stuff. This is straight up. Josh and I will lose money. We will lose money for the banter ball. (laughs) And that's just how it's going to roll. 
Yeah. And something to also include before we close out is if we get a guest on, we also want to pay the guest. Josh, yes. that was a kind of one of your ideas. Just give a quick wrap about why that's very important to us. It's very important to us because we think that it's all about power to the athletes and it's all about power to the sport. So for us, we, we don't want to say to Grant Holloway, we don't want to say to, you know, Courtney Ferricks, Hey, come onto our podcast for, you know, take an hour out of your day, an hour and a half out of your day and come onto our podcast without paying an appearance fee. We get paid appearance fees to go and race, and we sometimes feel like that's not enough, um, especially if we're traveling all this way and that and the next thing. And if we're taking time out of athletes' day, we will pay them. We want to make sure that the athlete is always represented in the best way possible. And so for us, that is making sure that we give a fee for, for someone's image and for their likeness and for their time. And I think that's really important. Yeah, we're trying to promote them on our end as well, but I think it's important to make sure that you know, they're, they're deservingly getting the money that, you know, they're bringing to us really. Exactly. So just know it's all going to a good place. It's not going to our pockets and I'm very excited. I don't, I don't know how Josh feels. Josh, are you excited? Not really. Um, because I was speaking to my accountant and we don't have any money left. So <laughs> it's going to be in the red for the boys in the red for the boys, but in the blue for the in horizon the blue. <laughs> in the colorblind blue for the horizon yeah, yeah, to the goes. moon. To the moon, baby. We will be the game stop of track and field. Yes, sir. <laughs> Invest in the, in the S&K GME. <laughs> nice one. Nice one, Josh. You're getting, you you're getting good at these. Um, but yeah, Josh, do you want to name the episode? I think, honestly, an episode could easily just be named Sit and Kick the Future. The, the future. future of Sit and Kick. The future of Sit and Kick is wild. Is wild. And we are not ever going to join the Kiddies Mag Podcast Network. No chance. Bye. Bye. <laughs> a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick. He's got to go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest C2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich.